What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the all-new Disney Plus Informer Podcast, your source for all the latest news, rumors, reviews, and more about Disney Plus and beyond. This is episode 20 for the week of June 5th, 2022. I am your host, Justin Eddy, alongside my co-host, Michelle Beck. Hello. Hello, Michelle. Be sure to follow along each and every week as we keep you updated with all the information you need as we cover Disney Plus, Hulu, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, and so much more. Let's get started. The Disney Plus premiere date uh, was announced and the first trailer was released for Disney's live-action Pinocchio movie. The Disney Plus release date has been revealed for Marvel's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And we have more announcements uh, from last week's uh, Star Wars celebration that took place uh, last weekend. Uh, we're going to discuss these stories, let you know what's new on Disney Plus this week, and bring you our top 10 posts for the week in our 10 and 10 News Blast segment where we fill you in on all the Disney Plus happenings in about 10 minutes. All this and more is coming at you next. All right, welcome everyone. Uh, let's kick things off with what's new on Disney Plus this week. Uh, some highlights of this include the Disney Plus original movie, Hollywood Stargirl. We got episode three of the Disney Plus original series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and a fan's guide to Miss Marvel. Uh, on Hulu, all episodes of the limited series, Pistol, the complete series of Glee, and the complete third season of The Crude's Family Tree are now streaming, as well as the finale episode of Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, we've got episode 8 of The Kardashians that's now streaming over on Hulu and internationally on Disney+, Plus, as well as the first episode of The Orville New Horizons, and the rom-com movie Fire Island has also been released. Uh, later in this episode, we're going to give a brief review and discuss uh, episode 3 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but uh, first up, Michelle, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, the, the Disney Plus premiere date uh, was announced, and we've got a first trailer uh, that was released for the new live-action Pinocchio movie, and it looks really, really great, I think. So yeah. we'll th give me some of the details on this. I feel like we've been waiting for this forever. So the all-new live-action Pinocchio uh, will premiere exclusively on Disney Plus on Thursday, September 8th. Uh, we have the trailer up on the website if you haven't seen it. And then Academy Award winner Robert Zemeckis directs this live-action retelling of the beloved tale of a wooden puppet who embarks on a thrilling adventure to become a real boy. Tom Hanks stars as Geppetto, the woodcarver who builds and treats Pinocchio as if he were his own son. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jiminy Cricket, who serves as Pinocchio's guide as well as his conscience. And Academy Award nominee Cynthia Erivo is the Blue Fairy. Keegan-Michael Key is Honest John. Academy Award nominee Lorraine Bracco is Sophia the Seagull, which is a new character, and Luke Evans is the Coachman. Uh, I feel like this has just been perfectly cast. And uh, when you look at the trailer, if you they do like uh, uh, where they show all the cuckoo clocks mm -hmm. on the wall and pay close attention because they're all themed. So you see Donald Duck on one. One is like themed to Snow White. One's Aurora. It's Looks like they've got a lot of detail in it, yeah. so I, I'm sure vi visually this is just going to be a really great movie and a lot of talent behind uh, behind this effort. So definitely looking forward to that. I I loved the original Pinocchio. I always I feel that like was I have to rewatch the animated version before I watch. I, I haven't seen, I haven't it, seen it, in it in quite so a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it looks good and it, it's very. 
I, I like the theme of it because I feel like I've been on an adventure my entire life to become a real boy. So I, I feel like this is just going to speak right relate. to me. Yeah, I totally can. Uh, up next, uh, the Disney Plus uh, release date has been revealed for Marvel's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This was a rumor that we previously talked about, but now it has officially been announced. So when is that coming? Yep, it's coming to Disney Plus on June 22nd. So this was released in theaters on May 6th. So yeah, that's not a, a long pretty wait. quick turnaround uh, to come to Disney Plus. Um, when it is released on Disney Plus, it will be in that IMAX expanded format. Um, cool. Uh, which, you know, gives like a greater aspect ratio. Yeah, it changes the aspect ratio yeah. for it to like it. It takes your most people's televisions are like the sixteen nine aspect ratio, but it and you've got like the black bars for most mm-hmm. of the movie, so it kind of changes the format of that. To it might make the picture seem like seem a little a bit smaller, smaller, but, but it's actually, actually showing more. You more of it. Yeah. So it, it's actually a really cool on on you know if you've got a nice big huge you know four K TV, it really really pops in that uh, in a lot of different movies. So that uh, will be very cool to see. Um, that and that that release date for that is kind of right in line with what the rumors were, right? Like yeah, that was, was so what right the rumor was. was yeah. yeah. So uh, finally, uh, we've got a lot of news that came out of the Star Wars celebration from last week, and they always give uh, quite a bit of new releases and things that are happening in the Star Wars universe, and, and this year was definitely no exception for that. So what did they announce since we? Because this was going on last week, right? When we and we were, did a little our, bit of it podcast, but. Uh, yeah, what, what are the details? Yeah, that so I'm we just going to run down through some highlights here. So uh, they announced Star Wars Tales of the Jedi is coming to Disney Plus this fall. These are animated shorts that will each feature a different Jedi from the prequel era, such as uh, Qui Gon Jinn, Count Dooku, and Ahsoka Tano. And Liam Neeson will return as Qui Gon Jinn, which is pretty cool. Nice. So Star Wars Visions, the anthology series from Lucasfilm that tells a new Star Wars stories through the singular style and tradition of Japanese anime, will be returning for a second volume on Disney Plus in spring 2023. Then Young Jedi Adventures is coming to Disney Plus and Disney Junior in spring 2023. This is the first full-length Star Wars series created for preschoolers, early grade schoolers, and their families. These original stories will follow younglings as they are swept off into adventures and start their journeys on the path to become Jedi Knights. Topics will include compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, and friendship. You should watch this. Because I know so much about those things. (laughs) And then The Mandalorian Season 4 is happening. And actually, Jon Favreau is writing it right now. So that's pretty cool. And then last but not least, the trailer was released for The Bad Batch Season 2, which will debut on Disney Plus this fall. And I will have more details on that later on the news blast. Nice. I loved The Bad Batch. I can't wait for the second season of that. I'm I'm happy that it's, it's coming a lot sooner than maybe you would have expected it to because those types of shows, those computer animated shows like that, they, they take a long time to produce. So obviously that's been in the works for a while. But anyway, you can find links to all of uh, this news and all of the articles that we're going to talk about today on our website, which is DisneyPlusInformer.com. Uh, and now let's just go ahead, Michelle, uh, straight into the news blast. Go first. So the global celebration of Disney Plus Day will return on Thursday, September 8th, leading right into the D23 Expo. 
Um, in celebration, the streaming service will host special experiences for fans and subscribers and will premiere new content from its marquee brands, including the return of Pinocchio, which we just talked about. And then um, in addition to Pinocchio, Disney Plus will announce more Disney Plus Day premieres from uh, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and Star in the coming months. On uh, their last Disney Plus Day, there was just a ton of stuff that came out. Um, Ridiculous amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee that this is going to be even more so uh, when because it's there's just so much more going on even now than, than last time. There's a lot more projects, yeah. Yeah, I really want to go to D23. Uh, the upcoming Disney Plus original series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, has added five more uh, people to its uh, cast. Virginia Cole, Glenn Turman, Jason Mantzoukas, Megan Mullally, and Tim Sharp are all set to have recur- recurring guest star roles in this series. They previously or they joined the previously announced cast of Walker Scoble, who was recently announced to play the title character in this epic adventure, and Arian Simhadri uh, from Disney's Spin, and Leah Sava Jeffries from Empire, uh, who will play Percy's friends Grover and Annabeth, respectively. I still I, I can't wait for this series. I think it's going to be They just huge. started filming in Vancouver. Yep. So. so Disney has announced that the complete season three of FX's hit series Atlanta will premiere on Disney Plus in Canada on Wednesday, June 8th. Season 3 will also be coming to the United Kingdom and Ireland on Wednesday, June 29th. It's currently streaming on Hulu in the United States. Um, So in Atlanta, two cousins work through the Atlanta music scene in order to better their lives and lives of their families. Season 3 almost takes place almost entirely in Europe. I still have to watch this. I've heard it's so good. Yeah, I've always heard good things about it. I have not uh, watched that myself either. Uh, Griffin Matthews has joined the cast of Marvel's She-Hulk attorney at law in a recurring role, although the exact role has not been revealed. Matthews shared his excitement with Entertainment Tonight. Uh, We've got a link to that on our website. But uh, what he said is, Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would join the Marvel Universe. This was never a genre that I thought an actor like me in my package could fit into. The most exciting part of joining the MCU was being told by our director and writers, do not try to fit, just be you. And that gave me the freedom to run wild. Uh, Griffin Matthews, you may know, is best known for his role in the Emmy-winning HBO Max series, The Flight Attendant. So back in mid-March, all of the former Netflix Marvel live-action series officially moved to Disney Plus in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, Those included Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, and The Punisher. Um, And then when these Marvel series were previously available on Netflix, they could be streamed in 4K UHD and Dolby Vision. Unfortunately, when these shows arrived on Disney Plus, fans were quick to point out that all of these series could only be streamed in HD SDR. Disney said that they would fix this. And then last month, Daredevil was upgraded to 4K. Now they are all upgraded <laughs> um, with the 4K support and Dolby Vision. So that and it gives us a reason to rewatch all of Daredevil again. Yeah, we need a reason. You, you don't need a reason to rewatch <laughs> that because that show's just awesome. Actually, Punisher is really good too. All of them are good. Uh, Last month, it was reported that John Watts had exited as the director of Marvel's Fantastic Four reboot, and it looks like Marvel is still actually searching for a director to replace him. According to a report from Deadline's Justin Kroll, his sources indicate that there is no clear frontrunner in the directorial hunt and a replacement might not be named for several more months. 
Uh, Marvel is currently sifting through a long list of potential candidates, and Kevin Fahey is looking to replicate a hands-off approach similar to uh, Sam Raimi's work on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, not no, not much is known about the Fantastic Four, Four reboot except uh, characters Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm uh, will return. Uh, those are the main characters in that. It feels like this this movie has been kind of in uh, a long it's time. Kind of, it's been yeah, it's been world. in uh, purgatory for a while, <laughs> and but like I. Kevin Fahey probably doesn't have time to be super hands-on with it. He's only one person. <laughs> he is only one person. And, uh, you know, a guy like Sam Raimi that did Doctor Strange, you you have a lot of trust in a guy mm-hmm. like that to where he's probably looking for something similar. Sure. So. so Disney Plus has updated their homepage with the release date for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2. The second season of the animated series will begin streaming on Disney Plus on Wednesday, September 28th. Um, so this will consist of 16 episodes and then in season two months have passed since the events of Camino and the Bad Batch continue their journey navigating the Empire after the fall of the Republic. They will cross paths with friends and foes both new and familiar as they take on a variety of thrilling mercenary missions that will take them to unexpected and dangerous new places. As a reminder the trailer was released and that's up on the website. If you haven't watched Bad Batch the first season, every episode was consistently really good. Mm-hmm. So get on that and be ready for Bad Batch season two. Uh, so it's been over two years since Disney has announced or Disney announced that the third National Treasure movie had been greenlit for production. At that time, it was reported that Chris Bremner, who worked on Bad Boys for Life, had been tapped to pen the script, and Jerry Bruckheimer was set to produce the third installment once again. However, there was no word on whether Nicolas Cage and Diane Kruger would be would be back as Benjamin Franklin Gates and Dr. Abigail Chase. Since then, no details had been revealed about the project at all, which left fans wondering if it was actually still in development. development. Uh, So Diane Kruger recently revealed that she had never been contacted for a third movie, and Nicolas Cage gave an interview with GQ uh, where he basically cast doubt on the third film actually moving forward either. Uh, But now uh, the franchise producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, has offered an update on the project saying a Nicolas Cage-led National Treasure Treasure 3 is still in development during a recent AMA on Top Gun's Reddit account, one fan asked uh, Bruckheimer whether he plans to work with Nicolas Cage anytime soon, and uh, basically he said, absolutely, I love Nicolas, he's a brilliant actor, and we are currently working on a script for National Treasure. Uh, as a reminder, Disney Plus is currently working on a series that is a re- reimagining of this franchise, uh, so remains to be seen. It could be quite a ways off if they're still kind of trying to work on a script, but I, 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 I liked those first two mm-hmm. movies, and seems like you'd have to have them back for a third one. So hopefully it happens. So two hit shows over at Hulu are reportedly moving to Disney Plus in the United States. The news comes from Deja Vu, who reports that Doogie Howser MD and Malcolm in the Middle will be making their move to Disney Plus perhaps as early as the summer. So they report that their sources say Doogie Howser could be streaming on Disney Plus in July as part of their yet-to-be-announced summer campaign and then Malcolm in the Middle could soon follow. Um, according to that outlet, that uh, Doogie is set to leave Hulu on June 29th, and Malcolm is set to leave on Hulu on July 1st. So it's all 
also possible that they could still stream on Hulu and stream on Disney Plus simultaneously, just kind of like uh, Glee, Love, Victor, uh, stuff like that. We know that they're trying to add more adult titles to Disney Plus uh, with the new additions recently, like um, Grownish, Wonder Years, mm-hmm. Alias, stuff like that. So it makes perfect sense, and I hope it happens. Did you ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. I loved Malcolm in the Middle. That show was just hilarious. I, oh, it was so good. Um Brian Cranston was phenomenal in it. Uh, anyway, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, which uh, was originally intended to be, a, was originally intended to be a limited series for Disney Plus. However, according to a new report from Making Star Wars, they've got plans for a second season, which are moving forward. While not many details were revealed about season two, the outlet does claim that their sources have informed them that certain scenes in the final episode had been cut or changed in order to continue the story for additional episodes. It's no secret that Obi-Wan Kenobi has been a huge success for Disney+. Plus. The streamer recently revealed that Obi-Wan Kenobi is the most-watched Disney Plus original series premiere globally to date, based on the hours streamed in an opening weekend. Uh, During last uh, weekend's Star Wars celebration, Ewan McGregor uh, said he'd be at the next one and said he hopes fans enjoy the first six episodes of Kenobi before smiling and adding seven through ten. While this could have been a joke, it's also possible the actor was teasing that there's more in store for this. And, you know, I the the, the first two episodes started off a little bit uh, a little bit slow, in my opinion, and which kind of segues into what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about next. But based on the third episode, I, I kind of hope that this doesn't uh, just turn out to be a rumor and I hope it becomes something real. So we will see. But anyway, that's it for the news. Let's go ahead and go right in and talk about episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's give our, give our review of that. So let's start. Uh, you give a little bit of a backstory and then we'll talk about it and give our scores. So as a reminder, these episodes don't have titles. They're simply known as part three. Yeah. So this is part three. It's 48 minutes long. Um, I'm so happy to say this is so much better. (laughs) I'll start off there. But so I'll first do a little recap from uh, episode three. So this picks up right after episode two where Kenobi learns Anakin is alive and he is now the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Kenobi and Leia are on a cargo shuttle fleeing Dayu to the mining planet of Mapuzo, uh, where they are supposed to meet Haja's contact for an escort back to Alderaan, which is uh, Leia's home planet. Um, there they meet a mole man, uh, mm-hmm. Frack, who they flag down to give them a ride to the spaceport bus. But when climbing in the back, Kenobi notices an imperial flag on his ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, Freck comes to a laser gate where the stormtroopers want to check out the passengers because they're looking for a Jedi and then a probe droid uh, comes, comes down and, and scan. Yeah, and he's able to identify Kenobi and then Obi takes out his blaster to destroy the droid and takes out some stormtroopers. Um, and then we see this other transport vehicle show up with even more storm stormtroopers storm and an Imperial officer. Uh, the Imperial officer is named Tala, uh, but she's, however, the contact that Haja set up for them, and that she's on their for, side, yeah. so she's actually there to help them um, and helps defeat the rest of the stormtroopers, they, and she gets them to hiding 
um, until she can assure them to safe passage off the planet. In the meantime, the Projoid was able to identify Kenobi, which leads Vader, Reva, the fifth brother, and several stormtroopers to their location. Um, and then Tala kind of takes Leia to meet the pilot um, that's supposed to help her get off the planet. And then Obi has his first confrontation with Vader. Yes. Um, so, so I don't want to give away too much here, but... Uh, so this is this is like the most Darth Vader action any of us have seen in quite some time, right? Like like in live action, I, I like you know the, like I felt like the tension was just building yeah. and building and building, and this was so well done. This is what we were all waiting for, and this this ver- this felt like Star Wars to me. It was it did um, it, it felt it like was, Star Wars, and this this was. Um, this was kind of almost like a different. It, it was. It felt like a different version of Darth Vader, Vader than, yeah. than we've ever really kind of experienced in any of the movies before. Because he is. Uh, he, he's a. He's a bad dude. He, uh-huh. he. He's evil, and you can tell. And uh-huh. like he, he's. He's on a mission to find Obi Wan, and nothing's going to get in his way to do so. And he, he's just. He's a very bad dude. Like you. He's. He's very. Very powerful with the force and that is um that that's conveyed very well mm-hmm. um th- throughout this episode and it just you know like you said it, it felt like star wars but it, it again it, w- it was a different version of darth vader than than the the older darth vader you'd see in the in the later in the movie original movies. yeah we also got some kind of cool revelations as well like i didn't know that ben kenobi had a brother yeah um, so that was kind of neat to find out. And, um, there, it was very cool with like, without maybe trying to give away too much, um, you know, Obi-Wan is, you know, he, he's not, uh, right with the force or, or whatever the, the reason is, uh, in, in this episode, maybe because he hadn't been using his force powers since, uh, going into kind of exile. So like his powers have waned and, you know, he, Darth Vader's are, you know, he he's as strong as it gets. So in their confrontation, uh, Obi Wan really kind of at this point in the story proves no match for mm-hmm. for, for what Darth Vader's bringing to the table. Uh, which I I did, I mean I I understand that that's part of the series, but like it it, it kind of bothered me a little bit to see Obi Wan. You don't want like, to just being kind of like, like really like manhandled in a way. Like I mean, he he just really proves at this point no match for for what Darth Vader is, is can do to him. Uh, it, it was really cool to see a lot of the the powers that Vader had. Now uh, there are some some criticisms that I would you know levy against this a little bit. Like you know th- there there was a portion where where they're fighting and you know Darth Vader is able to kind of you know create like a a, a field of fire through his force and you know eventually he's on one side of it and Obi-Wan gets like put into the fire and he's, he's burned or whatever and then it seemed kind of silly to me in a way that like because of there was like fire separating them with all the powers that Vader had, like, Oh, well I can't get to him because there's fire there now. Because like, I mean, he just kind of clearly showed that he can move anything through the forest. Like I thought that was a little bit like felt a little off. 
Um, but it was still a, a really or, cool scene. Or could he do that? And he just maybe he just didn't to. want to. Yeah, I, I and like some of the other stuff I, I saw online where people were kind of criticizing some of the perhaps like editing or or see, or, or I thought that got better. It. See, I, I definitely thought that that was better in this episode. Uh, the, the part where uh, Leia is like they're they're going through like kind of like the sewers or whatever to like get away the, the tunnels tunnel. yeah, to, yeah. to get away. Um, they have like a, a huge lead and then like they end up like catching up to her at mm-hmm. the end. Like, even though they'd had like, it, I, I saw some things people were criticizing, like maybe that had to do with like poor editing, but then there were some other like speculation. Well, actually no, maybe she's just like, they're able to like use different force powers to get where they need to go to like, to catch them. I don't know. You're just not supposed to think about it so I, much. I, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's it, it, it kind of it, it kind of just like jumped out to me while I was watching. I'm like, well, how did they catch up mm-hmm. to her right there when they had such a head start? And you know, I, I don't. So know. that didn't bother me, and that didn't come up. Like in the last two episodes, like those two chase scenes, like really stood out to me. Like where it it, it was just so bad it took me out of the immersion of watching the mm-hmm. show but i didn't feel that no, i didn't feel i, I didn't i didn't feel it too much initially watching it as i did like when i was kind of reading some some of people's comments after the fact i'm like well yeah maybe that didn't make a lot of sense but then i read some other stuff i'm like well that could be too so like you said don't think too much about it but uh yeah the, the just seeing you know a a very um very capable Darth Vader, you know, hunting down Obi-Wan Kenobi made the entire episode worthwhile to me just to see that iconic character. Mm -hmm. There's one scene where Vader's coming through and you just, there's like all this smoke and all you see are just like the lights. And then like, he's just like slowly comes into view and it was like, it gave me chills. And and, and to hear the, to hear the voice. Yes. I'm going to talk about that later. Yeah. That that was, uh, it it just, it, it was like, okay, here, this is star Wars. This is what I want to see. So like, that was just enjoyable. Like, so how would you rate this one? So I do believe that I gave the first two episodes, like I, I went like six and six and a mm-hmm. half, roughly. I'm going to say th- this third episode, I'm giving it an 8.5. Okay. I, I initially, I initially after watching, I'm like, I'm, I'm giving this a nine. Then I like on, on like reflecting on it a little bit. I'm like, I think they could have done a couple of things a little bit better. So I, I'm going to knock it down a point hoping that uh, it continues. It's this is really trajectory. weird because I really liked it a lot and I feel like I'm not as negative as you and I'm giving it an eight. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, the, the good definitely outweighed mm-hmm. any of the pacing or editing type, maybe issues that some people could have had that I did notice a little bit. So yeah, eight, eight and a half for me. I, I just seen Darth Vader and the, you know, having the, the, the his lightsaber and battling yeah. Obi-Wan. I, I just thought it was really cool. And I, I'm definitely on board and can't wait to watch only the three the more. Well, hopefully there's more, hopefully only three more, season. only three more yeah. from now, which like, it seems like, Oh my gosh, like, that's not going to be enough time. I know. You to... feel like there's so much that needs to be told here, and there's only three more episodes. Yeah. But, um, so just a few episode details. So um, when Kenobi and Leia are on that mining planet, Kenobi sees this robed figure off in the distance, 
And the vision Kenobi actually sees is Anakin dressed in the robes, like, but that's actually played by Hayden Christensen. So we actually see like Hayden in the robes. Oh, there. okay. Um, you talked about James Earl Jones. Yes, that is his voice, <laughs> and he's credited for. It. But however, this is, it's kind of a little different though because they use this uh, AI um, respeecher effect to recreate Vader's voice. To sound like the old Vader, since James Earl Jones is like ninety-one years old yeah. now, and so maybe his voice wouldn't sound the same. So they had to like, as, and they use the same thing with like Luke and the Mandalorian. Yeah, as you so, get older, especially when you get into your nineties, like James Earl Jones is, you, you start to lose a little bit of your timber right. or whatever to your voice. So, so you know, they kind of, you know, some outlets to point out where they use his natural voice and then maybe combined it with recordings and manipulate it a little bit to recreate the original voice. It sounded Some great. people have a problem with this. I don't, I think this is wonderful. I, I love hearing that, you know, it just wouldn't be the same if it was somebody else doing it. And th- th- this isn't as big of a deal as the, the Chippendale having a different voice. If Darth yeah. Vader came out and it had a completely different voice. <laughs> yeah, it's voice. completely like, different. I'm not buying that. So, and then we talked about Freck that mole man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was played by Zach Braff. I am Zach Braff, we know from Scrubs, Garden State. Just mm-hmm. recently he was in the Disney Plus movie, Cheaper by the Dozen. So that was really cool that he had a cameo experience. One thing I want to talk about last week, and I didn't, was the music. And John Williams did compose the theme song mm-hmm. from Obi. But if you're enjoying the score for the rest of the episode, that's actually composed by Natalie Holt. Um, she is the first female composer for a Star Wars live action project, was which is really cool. She did Loki. Um, I believe she's scoring the upcoming uh, The Princess from 20th Century Studios. Um, but I'm really enjoying the music from this. Yeah. It, it, initially, that probably wasn't something that I, I probably noticed right off the bat. And maybe that's a good thing. Like, But like, it, it's the music is good. It, mm-hmm. it, it works for the series. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, you start to pick up on other details like that upon like a rewatch or whatever. So yeah, yeah they're very, very good. And obviously, she's very talented to have been cast and to do, or tasked with doing that. Uh, you know, after working on some of those other high profile things. So yeah, that was episode three of Obi Wan Kenobi. Again, maybe a, maybe a few issues here and there. I think the general consensus out there is that uh, people are, are enjoying it, and it it is it. I said this with the first couple of episodes or just the initial, you know, the, the very first episode, uh, it was really, it's just really cool to see Ewan McGregor again in that, in that role. He's just, he, he really is playing it really well. And this is a completely different, almost so far through these first three episodes, it's almost a completely different version of Obi-Wan Kenobi than he played in, in those other three movies. But, uh, he's just really doing a, a great job. So, Three more to go. We'll see what happens. Uh, That is going to do it for our episode this week. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you come back next week. Please take a moment to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. We would totally appreciate that. Be sure to visit us at DisneyPlusInformer.com, and that's where you get all the latest news, rumors, reviews, release schedules, and more. You can email us at podcast at DisneyPlusInformer.com, just like Toby did last week. Uh, Toby wrote in to give us his score for Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. I believe he gave it a 9.3, which was right in line with uh, kind of what our scores were. And he wants us, or he wants them to make another movie. And just I, like us. I couldn't agree more because 
man, that movie was so much better than it had any right to be. You can follow us on Twitter at More Disney Plus. Stop by and visit our Facebook page. We'd love to see you there. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited. We, we've got to go quickly because uh, we got uh, tickets to go see Top Gun tonight, which I've been Ooh. looking. No, we what? don't. What I didn't mean? tell you. They were sold out, so I had to get the next best thing. When you, we're going to see Top Gun. How do you feel about Downton Abbey? Oh, what the? Downton? No. Oh. We'll see you next time.